Hi, this is Terry Kavanaugh, and you're listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. Welcome back, loony listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. You're with your high priest of Conchie, Ray. Hello. We have got a moonwalk, but I'm not doing this alone. I'm not doing the moonwalk alone. I have with me a very special guest. You may know him as the Owl. You may know him as one of the Velvet Drapes. It's Justin. Justin, how are you? How are you going? <laughs> I'm doing great. Thank you, Ray. How are you doing today? Yeah, good. Good. I'm, I'm up vibe. I... You know, uh, I've, I've set some nice time to to have a good old discussion about mm. a, a very obscure Moon Knight appearance, Justin. One that you chose. Yeah, I wanted to pick one, another short one. We've we've recorded a lot of short and sweet ones, you and I, Ray, over the last mm-hmm. year or so with the the Marvel fanfare. We had a couple of those uh, short but sweet stories, and I thought this might be this might be one that a lot of Moon Knight fans may not even know about, so I thought it would be good to shine a little spotlight on this story. The Night of the Raptor. <laughs> the Night of the Raptor. So, loony listeners, you may, you may not know about this, but this is a very obscure appearance. It's uh, it's from Marvel Superheroes, the Spring Special, number one from 1990. Uh, before any of that, of course, a huge thank you to all our Petrinis. Justin, I'm looking at you. Um, <laughs> so, for all your... Um, you know, just continued support. It, it's so, it's fantastic. So I just can't thank you enough. Seriously, um, you know, we're able to do live streams. Uh, Justin and I are, we're using the platform which we do use these days, StreamYard, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, StreamYard sponsorship. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, but a huge thank you uh, to all the patronies, really. Uh, and And hopefully, um, yeah, we can provide bigger and better things, one of which will be bonus episodes, which Justin and I will do. We'll, we'll speak to that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But uh, a huge thanks to our principal ones, our principal sponsors, Drew Toombs, Daniel Doing, and Frank the Think Tank, and, of course, Odin, Odin Sword, uh, the Moon Knight Tear Spectre at the top there. Also, CLZ Comics by Collectors and Dreamland Comics from Schoenberg, Illinois. Uh, so, yeah, Justin, this one, as you said, as we said this is um a nice little short tale from moon knight but it's part of uh, an anthology a huge 80 page mm. blockbuster it says that on the front cover are you reading it um i should ask where you're how you're reading it tonight. yeah i've got the floppy i've got the the floppy with me yeah. excellent and uh for yeah. our listeners as well uh, viewers you know there it is yes. I, I don't even know where the camera is there it is there <laughs> so you can see uh yeah. yours, yours is looking yeah. like it's it's holding up well how's your yeah the pages? It's, it's not yeah. too beat up the it's a little yeah. scuffed it's the, the yeah. corners are a little bent and and skewed i'm sure that there were fans that would lampoon me for this but that's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, my my the pages are a bit yellowed here as well. Um, I think that the paper stock, compared to the Marvel mm. fanfare, is not as um, robust. Uh, no, for me, the inking kind of fades a bit. Is that how you found it? Yeah this this paper is much lower grade. Um, mm. I wouldn't say that it's like low grade, but it's it's compared to the Marvel fanfare, it's definitely it's it's 
the colors yeah. don't aren't nearly as vibrant as, as yeah. they were in there. Yeah. But I think but they wanted to cram as much as they could into one volume for 80 pages. Yeah. They, oh my god, 80 were, pages. Yeah. yeah. And a shout out 295 US back in the day. Justin, that's oh yeah. Peanuts, isn't it? Mm, that was actually pretty cheap, and I think that was the reason I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 80 pages. Yeah, because yeah, I got this when it came out, of course. When it, Excellent. When I saw Moon Knight on the cover. I said, oh, I've got to get that. And the fact yeah. that it had a couple of other characters I really liked, like uh, Hellcat and Hercules, um, oh, really sold nice. it for me. So, um, yeah, for, but for three bucks, I thought, wow, that's a steal. And they did a few more of these specials, too, which I was really thrilled about. They did, and, and I want to call out just the availability. So obviously it's available in floppy format. Uh, Justin and I are reading these stories from our own copies. I had a look. Unfortunately, digitally, it is not that, when I say not that much available, I'm talking about the, the title, Marvel Superheroes. So I had a look on Marvel Unlimited, and only, unfortunately, as you said, Justin, there were a fair few of them, uh, issues 8, 10, 11, and 15 are the only ones currently available on Marvel mm. Unlimited. Uh, so uh, pick up, check it out on eBay. Uh, I'm sure it's it's not like this is a speculation issue. I don't think no. it's jacked up in price by any means. So no. it should be easily obtainable. Um, you fantastic US loonies over there, bargain bins, I'm, I'm <laughs> sure are your saviour. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, Aussies, we don't have that. But, um, <laughs> but no, eBay or, or you know, maybe third-party sellers um, will get you this. Uh, yeah, Justin, so look, again, I have your fantastic vocals here. Um, may I ask, just before we get into it, may I ask that you – not read now, but would you be able to take on the bare bones for this? Oh, absolutely. I'd love to. Excellent. Okay. Well, Loonies, we are going into, uh, as I said, Marvel Superheroes Spring Special number one. Uh, this was released in March. Is that right? I thought it was May. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah, mm. May 1990. Raise. Oh. You know, I've got my M, M months wrong. Um, May 1990. Um, we'll be looking at the Moon Knight story called Old Business. Now, this was written by Robert M. Ingersoll. Uh, Justin, have you heard? Had you heard of? Yes. Um, yeah. Ingers Robert Ingersoll wrote a really great um, series for another company. It was a, a more independent company and it was called hero alliance and right. that was in the late 80s early 90s and it was a very different take on superheroes i mean there was the, the superman and batman and wonder woman pastiches in this group but mm -hmm. it was very dark it was very dark it was almost i wouldn't say it was a precursor to the boys because that's that's not an accurate comparison but it was much darker much different than than a lot of superhero stuff back then i really enjoyed that Hi. and he's a fantastic writer so when i when i saw that because i had forgotten actually that he wrote this moon knight story and when i right. was back, going back to reading this I, I said oh wow i forgot robert ingersoll wrote this so yeah, I, yeah. i'm a big um, fan of his okay excellent i'm just noting that down just in case you're wondering just because i want to put that in the show notes so mm -hmm. listeners you'll be able to uh, by the time we um finish this and we release this episode there'll be a link in the show notes for hero alliance was that correct mm. yeah hero alliance and um, and it eventually at some point on lost library of legends we'll be covering nice. Hero alliance in full so that i'm excited fantastic yeah. oh i'm keen yeah. to come keen to hear that uh pencilers penciler mike uh, Gustavich, 
and Inka Mike Gustavich as well. He does draw with gusto. Certainly <laughs> with gusto. Um, <laughs> that was a terrible, terrible joke. Uh, colorist Steve White, letterer Bill Oakley, and editor Justin, your hero and mine, I'm sure, mm. Mark Grunwald. Yes, um, the great Mark Grunwald. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, a fantastic lineup of creative um, people there. Now, listeners, of course, if you haven't listened to us, if you're a kind of a new Moonlight fan and, and it's great that you've come on board and found a, a podcast, what we usually do is we'll go through a bare bones or a synopsis. Uh, and then Justin and I will talk about like key moments of the story um, and maybe dive deeper into some details like writing art themes characterizations and references and we'll cap all that off with a moon rating um generously supplied by Konishu, his rating system which you'll just have to take our word for it when you hear it, when you hear it. <laughs> uh so justin would you be so kind as to give the fair listeners a an overview of what we are about to cover sure so Old business. Moon Knight finds himself in Houston, Texas, as his alter ego, Mark Spector, intends to visit an old friend and her successful restaurant. Never catching a break, Moon Knight foils some small-time street muggings before later that evening he catches up with Gina at the Warwick to chat about old times. Once again, Spectre's distracted by a flying menace outside. It's the raptor, and the villain soars ominously around the skyline. Bitter at Roxxon for stealing his tech, Paul Hazlitt steals it back and becomes the raptor, a sophisticated armored suit that he uses to break into Paul Ralston's penthouse in order to claim his loot. Moon Knight stops him, and the two battle in the sky before Moon Knight gets the better of him. Much later, Spectre and Gina continue their conversation, most of it a testimony to how Mark has helped his friends, though he feels guilty for pushing them away. A tossed coin into a fountain at Tranquility Park adds to Gina's words that what Mark does at Moon, as Moon Knight and the good he does should never be doubted. For Mark, it's not total inner peace, but it'll do for now. Yes, thank you, Justin. Um, well traversed there from a an unedited, unedited um, <laughs> a quickly written up synopsis. Um, apologies there, listeners. And Justin, if you do hear, we do have some work around the house. Oh. <laughs> uh, I, do, I do recall, Justin, you and Noel were here when we had um, <laughs> some other builders in and around it. So we do have a landscaper at the back. Uh, and yeah. Who knew that installing a trench drain would? Oh my! Um, oh, wow! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's a little involved. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm, yeah, I'm up in the attic, so I'm, hopefully we're as far away from the the noise as possible. But you may hear some rumblings, listeners. Don't worry, it is not the raptor. It oh, is not yes. my belly. Yeah, he's he's not is. circling the building. He's not he's circling the building. The building. <laughs> <laughs> um, so again, uh, yeah, thank you, Justin, for that uh, that summary overview. First off, let's kick off. What did you, what did mm. you make overall of this this shortened format? 
I really liked this. I thought it was great that he that Moon Knight had the first story in this big eighty page issue. His his story mm. was the one that starts it right off. And I also too, I have to come in on the cover. I love the the Jim mm. Lee cover and that striking image Lee. of Moon Knight. Yeah. Yep. Oh my god! That, I think that's that the only time Jim Lee. Yeah, I think sure. you're right. I think that's yeah. the only time he's drawn Moon Knight. Mm -hmm. But it's a beautiful image, and um, I love that. But yeah, I I. Really enjoyed the interaction between Mark and Gina. For me, that was the standout of the story. Yes. Was their yeah. was their conversations, even though they were interrupted. And I, I actually do like the the villain, the Raptor. I thought he was a cool design. <laughs> but I, I don't know. You know me. I'm a sucker for bird villains. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I love my bird true. villains. Yeah. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was really good as well. And great point, I mean, about the cover, about Moon Knight taking front and center, because uh, what we're talking about, May 1990, mm. I, you can't say he's exactly, you know, top tier, a top tier character. I mean, you can't even say he's top tier. Well, he can now because of the TV show. But, yeah, um, but you know, he's got the likes. I'm looking at Black Panther. He's part of this anthology. Mm. He could easily have been the... Um, the main or, or Hercules, Hercules, or Her could Hercules, have been the main yeah, one, yeah, true, yeah. But I'm yeah. so I'm glad. I mean, it's a happy surprise that mm. Moon Knight is out front. I didn't realize that was Jim Lee, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> but it is a beautiful cover. Uh, it's uh, I guess synonymous with maybe some rooftop dwelling heroes. So Jim Lee's perched mm. him on top of a gargoyle, which is cool. It doesn't give anything away uh, because all these stories are quite disparate. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I think I agree with you. I think uh, the conversation with Gina uh, was a good one. It was an interesting one. Uh, we'll get mm. into that. Uh, and the action I loved anyway. I mean, it, the Raptor, you know, will we see him again? Uh, he was foiled. Uh, but I, I think, again, I mean, we'll talk about his his, uh, his appearance. I thought he served a, a well enough purpose here. But you're right. I, I think the majority is this interaction between Mark and Gina. Mm -hmm. um, well, let's go into that. I mean, I, I guess key moments here. Uh, one of the first things I put in, and maybe we'll bounce off this, this whole thing just about Gina. Um, I, mm -hmm. I put in that I found it interesting that... Uh, that Ingersoll has played around with Jenny here and she's no longer got the New York diner. She's mm -hmm. actually got this rather successful restaurant. Um, I, it's a shame that that hasn't been picked up and, and followed through with a lot of subsequent writers, but I thought that was a really great touch. Yeah, I liked that too. I thought that was a nice surprise. And it was nice to see Gina finally get something good in her life after mm. having spent all that time in the diner and like, that that one story where she was attacked by the by the the street thugs and her arm was bitten and all that stuff like yeah. she she went through a lot of crap in the first the first series so it was nice to see Gina get you know some good luck and and have some success and be comfortable and happy for a while yeah i mean it's and taking nothing away from obviously people that do work in diners um, i'm sure they are quite successful and good but just the mm. impression is that it's a lot more hard work as yeah. opposed to maybe a fancy restaurant so right. um she's had to roll up her sleeves um she had her sons rick and ray just helping out it seemed like busy hustle bustle uh, mm. here she's got like a, a um they're at the warwick right which is where the restaurant is i mean they're, mm -hmm. they're sitting in her restaurant right because it's yeah it's yeah it, it's that's high. what I understood. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I understood. Um, it's it's higher up. You know, it's got a great view 
of the city. Mm. It, it just looks a lot more um, sophisticated than, than mm. the, the diner. So I'm glad to see that Jen is doing well in this instance. And again, it's a shame that they didn't pick that up and follow it through mm. with, uh, with Janet maybe. Maybe yeah, I would have liked to see a lot more of that. Maybe they will revisit that. Maybe that's what she's doing now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Maybe that's and, why we haven't seen her in a while. It, exactly. <laughs> I would love to see her back. I mean, she's a really good. Um, and it, the, the things that they've done with Rick and Ray as well, that they've actually mm. done a lot more with her sons. Um, yeah. Like integrating them into the Moon Knight lore than Gina. So I'd, I'd really like to see more of Gina's stuff. Um, yeah. Off the back of this with Gina. Uh, Justin, and I'm assuming this is why you appreciated the interaction between Jenna and Mark, is I think what they really get it down into, they have a full-on D&M about, about mm. stuff. Yeah. Um, they do, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Jenna's doing well, but she also says to Mark that, you know, all the others are, are doing well, um, all from his kind of influence, I guess. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, I wasn't yeah. too sure, like I was a bit sceptical about Gina justifying um, what is she, she's talking about? She goes through them, right? So Gina has, you know, she's got the restaurant. She says, uh, well, you know, Crawley, he would have been just like someone just literally bumming around. But, um, but now he's, he's, you know, he's got a purpose in life. So she's done, you know, uh, so Moon Knight's been responsible for that. Uh, and also he may, she makes mention of, I'm just trying to find it here. Um, Marlene and I just thought her <laughs> her justification for Marlene was a little bit off. Um, just seeing, trying to find it uh, because basically, sorry, listeners, Mark feels really guilty that he has been pushing away his friends. His life mm. as Moon Knight has impacted their lives in a bad way, and Jean is basically going, "No, you, you actually you're doing good, and it actually, you know, we're coming out okay from it." Um, so I'm just trying to find it here. I think it was when they were sitting down at the in the restaurant having dinner, Ray. I think that was yes. the part you're happy... talking about. Yeah, like um, she mentions. Oh, where is it? She mentions. Oh, just trying to have a look. Um, state. I've said. Yep. Not now. Sorry, listeners. Um, oh, there was about. There was about. Um, Oh, it was oh, at the yeah. end, Ray. It was yes, the towards end. the end. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Rick... Marlene. Yeah. yeah. She Sorry. says Marlene didn't leave because she couldn't handle Moon Knight. She couldn't handle herself. Yeah. And I... now, from what you've told me, the two of you are trying to make it work again. Yeah. I thought that was kind of weird, too. She couldn't handle herself. What is that supposed yeah, to be? Yeah. I, I don't know what that means. And I, I think yeah. that was a, a pretty fluffy response from Gina. But everything else I yeah. think was pretty cool. Um like Rick and Ray are going to good schools. Uh and then Crawley was just a skid row bum with no self-worth. You made him useful again, reminded him what self-esteem was. So I, I found that was you know thereabouts true because we do know Crawley's uh, history. Um mm. it, it was it was in one of the issues. But yeah uh the Marlene um, <laughs> example was <laughs> it's like Gina probably don't use that. <laughs> yeah, that, that was weird. I, I thought that was weird, too. She couldn't handle herself. Yeah, I thought that was strange. Yeah, it's kind of putting the blame on Marlene. Um, mm. you, you know, 
but again, this is Gina. She's trying to comfort her friend Mark as well. So right. maybe she's just kind of spinning yeah. some words here to, to help <laughs> him feel better. Yeah, um, I think you're right about that. Yeah. Yeah. But the gist of yeah. it, the gist of it, I think was really cool. And, and that was the important bit because um, what I've got in one of my, my notes here as well, characterizations, it's very consistent with Mark Spector. Mm. He, He's so, um, and it comes out every now and again, not only this regret or guilt that he has for having a Merc life, but how he impacts his friends. Mm -hmm. And that's a big part of Houston's run. Mm. Uh, and it, um, it also, uh, well, to a lesser extent, as I mentioned in the trial of Mark Spector, in Mark, um, Mark Spector yes. Moon Knight, he has this guilt as well. Um, yeah, so it comes, it, it resurfaces every now and again. So I think, that's one of the main embodiments, I think, of, of Mark Spector, um, mm -hmm. that and how, I mean, Houston really took him to the bottom, literally, but how he pushes his friends away and they try to help. But yeah, I don't know. What did you think of that, Justin? I, I liked that, that how he was talking about that with Gene in the restaurant, how he's pushing his, all of his friends away. That is a mm -hmm. recurring theme for Mark's life. I mean, going back to even when he was a kid and pushed his parents away and when he punched his dad yes. in the boxing ring and all that stuff, like that's been a recurring theme for Mark Spector's life, really his whole life. And we also see that characterization come true in the show where mm -hmm. he pushed, he pushed a lot of people away in the show. He pushed Layla away and all this other stuff. So oh, absolutely. that I think that that's, that's a really true um, part of, of Mark's character. It's one of the parts that I like about it. It makes him very complex because he does, push away the pity pill he loves and he he feels completely that he's in the right for doing it because he's trying he feels that he's trying to protect them he knows that eventually mm. they're going to get hurt somehow some way if not by him then by inadvertently by him then by uh some some crazy psychopath that he's fighting against or some dangerous scenario that he's involved them in so yeah he, he feels that he's protecting people by by pushing them away when in fact um, he's isolating himself and making himself more unhealthy in the mm. process of doing that. So, yeah, it's it, it's interesting. I liked that dynamic between them, the two of them in the in the restaurant talking about that because here they are. They're, they're in this swanky restaurant, you know, this 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 plush setting and all this beautiful music i'm sure playing in the background and they're having this really deep serious conversation this costumed crime fighter and his old friend i love it I, yeah I thought it was really well done yeah I, I think so too um and just uh in addition to what you're saying about him pushing people away and it's true that there is the the aspect of him pushing them away because of the the physical dangers um and because of him being moon knight but i think it also shows his um self his self-value like how he sees himself and i think he mm. sometimes has a really low opinion of himself as well which yeah. again i think is a defining thing and, and it's it's not mm. often that you see that um from um yeah from superheroes i mean and so he's really kind of down he gets down on himself and it shows that he, he does kind of have to lean on um his friends uh like gina uh to mm. to help him get out of that that. Yeah, we yeah we see Gina and Marlene and Frenchie and Crawley, all of them, yeah. drag him up out of the depths multiple times over the course of the years. Yeah, yeah. he yeah definitely he needs people around him. That's, that's absolutely. For sure. Yeah, so I um I think the next main point then, 
Justin, I mean, apart from the the main takeaway that we got from this with the the Gina and Mark uh, conversation mm-hmm. is, of course, the introduction to the Raptor. The Raptor, a new villain, and this is his only appearance. <laughs> this is his only appearance. I mean, it's not like he died or anything in this as well. Like he's probably still mm. on the raft or in the vaults or whatever. Probably, um, yeah. Unless he oh, actually, got out yeah. for good behavior or something. <laughs> True. Maybe, maybe he's just living his life. Yeah, he, he served, his, served his sentence and off he goes. Yeah. Um, but I got that wrong in the sorry in the bare bones. It wasn't Paul Rolston, Carl Rolston's penthouse. Um, oh, so okay. yeah. So we do see him break into. Now I I just had a little bit of a double take here. Justin as well. So, Carl Ralston, do you know this person, or was it just a generic penthouse that he's gone up against? I, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know who that's supposed to be, actually. Because I had yeah. a look. Yeah, I thought maybe he wasn't an ex Roxon employee that he's going mm-hmm. after. It doesn't make any mention, but I think it's just. It says he's nouveau rich, so his house shows it. So I think he's just a wealthy dude. Um, and the Raptor decides to try and, uh, I mean, he's got a very sophisticated security system, um, mm-hmm. which conveniently showcases the Raptor's wares. <laughs> um, His adamantium beak. <laughs> oh, yeah, and this is the thing, I, isn't it? Like, yeah, sorry. I love that he called it that, the, the beak. And he, yes, he takes my that, beak's that blade out and, and, yeah, My beak's better. It's razor sharp and adamantium, and he slices right through the bars. And and this is like him just in his mind balloon. So he's kind of he's kind mm. of marketing himself to himself. <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> this is how good I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, he's really getting into character. Um, yeah. But I mean, what did you? I mean, you do love the character. I mean, what what did you like um, about him in particular? I, I like the design. I, I'm always a mm. sucker for, you know, purple and, and yellow motif. I think that's a good striking image for a hero or a villain costume. I think it looks good. Mm. And it, uh, the the design for this, Mike Gustavich did a really good job designing yeah. his character. I mean, he doesn't Great. look like super 90s as far as, uh, or late 80s or anything like that, as far as what a lot of generic villains look like back then. Mm-hmm. He just looks kind of like a dude that has a kind of adamantium weave costume and a thing for birds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's not, I mean, you know, it's not too over the top, and I say that, but he's wearing a cape, of course, but it, it, it's mm. not too over the top. I mean, like, he's, everything kind of seems practical. He's got the red goggles, which mm-hmm. you'd assume that has got some sort of, you know, sensory infrared. scope. And infrared. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he's got, like, he hasn't got too many pouches. He's got a couple on either side, you know, before the, <laughs> the advent of multiple pouches. Uh, so that was, yeah, so he's, I think he's pretty, a pretty sleek design. Uh, what made me giggle here, Justin, was, you know, how every Tom, Dick and Harry can obtain adamantium, it seems, um, back in the day. Was... <laughs> oh, you know, and, and he had so much that was. Like, not only was his costume made from an adamantium weave, but he yeah. had that beak. And then he had the little retractable claw, the, retractable the, little ta- claw. the talon that came out and grabbed the the diamond. Uh, so that was adamantium as well. So this dude alone had a whole ton of adamantium oh, in his my. costume. God, yeah, everybody next. had it. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say Weapon X would be eyeing him off and just wanting to rip off his adamantium. I mean, like, <laughs> right. and how cool is that little claw? I mean, 
it mm. actually he shoots it and it remarkably picks up that gem. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, um, like it's the claw from the grabber machine. At the, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. He's, he's a shoe in for that. He's really good at that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, look, apart from that, it's quite discreet. I mean, Moon Knight punches him and it, it hurts. So he says that there must be some armor under there. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, and, and he gets, he bops Moon Knight with the claw. Uh, so I, I love how their fight is aerial. I mean, you, yes. you're loving the bird motif here, yeah. Justin, but it's not often we, we get aerial fights. Um, and it's not out of the realm for Moon Knight because he has the glider and stuff. It's the rope ladder. So uh, mm. I thought that was a nice point of difference um, for this fight. Mm. It made it, it made it kind of dynamic to have that aerial fight. Yeah. You, mm. Like you said, you don't really see that a lot with um, with Moon Knight. And it kind of makes yeah. sense for him to have. I mean, we saw the Killer Shrike uh, battle was was pretty cool, but um, oh yeah, yeah. But as far, oh, that's as, far as beyond that, yeah, there hasn't been a, a whole lot of other aerial battles for Moon Knight, which mm. is a shame. I think, yeah, I would love to see more of those. Yeah, um, and you do mention Killer Shrike, so I guess references. I um I had a quick look, and we know Killer Shrike turns up later in Mark Spector mm -hmm. Moon Knight the series. Couple of years uh, later, I think. Yeah, a couple of years later, but we we hear that the, the tech is is somehow connected to Roxon. Same with Killer Strikes, um, outfit. But I had a look. His first appearance was back in nineteen seventy six as well, only a year after Moonies, uh, oh, and wow. he was yeah in December nineteen seventy six uh, in the Rampaging Hulk uh, mm. comics. So, um, so yeah, an, an older villain than I thought. Actually, I actually assumed he was just created during the. Um, the Mark Spector run, but this proves otherwise oh. as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah nice. So. Yeah. Um, I, I like Killer Shrek. He's a good villain. He is good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, so the 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 Raptor was, I think, pretty cool. He he gets bundled up in the end. Um deceivingly simple way. I, I love it. Moon Knight just um rips off the batteries from his back. So great. <laughs> Very observant. He knows, you know, he's strategizing as he fights him. Like, how can mm. I beat him? And he eyes off the batteries and just takes that, um, takes that off him. So leaves him dangling, uh, which is pretty cool because um, the raptor saying, "What are you doing? I can't fly." So you know, a, a little bit, a bit of fear tactics that we see from Moon Knight too, as well. Which again, you know, we see later on in the modern version, very much Absolutely. a fear. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. What are you doing? So, yeah. We're up in the sky. You can't take the batteries out. We're gonna fall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah. uh, lo and behold, he has his trusty ladder. Oh no, it isn't. That's a fire escape, isn't it? Is that a fire yeah, he, escape? He he uh, he ties a a line onto one of his crescent darts and swings yes. it at the fire escape. Yeah, right. <laughs> See, I I just assumed like when I read this first, I just assumed that that was his rope ladder from his moon copter, but no. Um, yeah, he's just using the environment around him. Yeah, and you you but, don't really see him use the like lash anything to his his crescent darts either. Using those no. as a as a whip line, it's cool. Yeah, I mean, with the later iterations, we know that he's on his truncheon. He's got like a grappling hook and all that, mm -hmm. so he doesn't need it. But yeah, this is old school. This is yeah. uh, this is nineteen ninety Moon Knight here. <laughs> That's so. right. <laughs> um. So overall, I think the, I thought the art was good. I really did like uh, Gustavich's artwork there were a few faces that mm. looked a bit odd to me um but moon knight himself and and the raptor looked really good uh, mm. but yeah there that. was 
Yeah, there are a couple of shots here of, say, like Gina and definitely Mark when he... There's a nice little sequence. Mean. Yeah. Yeah, there's a nice sequence after he goes to the police station and he gives autographs to the cops. And he's in a suit, but he's still got his white hood on. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> I loved that but, part, yeah. Yeah, but the panel <laughs> afterwards, his face looks just a little bit odd, that's all. Mm. Um, and towards the end, too, there were a couple of panels. Oh, yes. Towards the end, when, when him and Gina are having the conversation, his face looks a little weird. And there's mm. a couple where, where her face looks a little strange, too. Yes, yeah. yeah. And there's, I mean, all artists are uh, susceptible to it, but there, there is, yeah, the the likeness of the faces, mm. Um, mm. like you know, with I guess a lot of artists who might be who are aware of it, you know, every every face has different features and stuff. Right. Gustavich right. sometimes falls into the trap where, look, I was looking at a picture of Gina, and her face is kind of modelled pretty closely up to Mark's face. You know, um, mm. I don't want to be too critical in that sense but i guess if you do see it um uh, listeners if you look at your copies you, you kind of know what i mean um i mean but even the greats you could say that about many of the greats well, as well sure. john romita jr john yeah. Byrne. yeah they all have kind of similar a style yeah um yeah was, any uh it was one other panel that was kind of weird looking it was when they were having the aerial fight, and Moon Knight mm -hmm. throws the crescent dart and beans him in the face. He goes, that's it, fella. Keep gloating instead of cutting. Give my boomerang enough time to reach you first. But the panel where he's throwing that, it just, I don't know, that to me doesn't oh. look that great. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, well, he's that's kind really of... not the best looking. Yeah, yeah, like he's in free fall and he's throwing that dart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it just, that perspective, I don't know, it just... Mm. It doesn't, yep. I don't know, it looks off to me. Yeah. yeah, which is, I mean, again, there are some really cool panels as well from Gustavich. Yeah, um, oh, definitely. Uh, yeah. Those are just the weak ones, yeah. Mm. I love the, the the introduction to the raptor, that full, that kind of big panel where you see him. Oh, yeah, that's um, yeah. that's pri prime for uh, for the Marvel handbook universe. Yes, right? <laughs> you <know>? definitely. <laughs> have, that as, have that as a profile pic. No, very good. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, so the art I think was was pretty cool. Anything else, uh, Justin? By way of I don't know any characterizations, themes. I guess we've covered um, the themes. One thing that did make me giggle was in the very first page when um, when Moon Knight's standing there brooding in the gallery of center. There's a couple of the, and uh, the guy says, <laughs> uh, "Hari Krishna here." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, it was funny. I forgot about I like that. that. Totally. <laughs> That is so funny. Yeah, they obviously they don't get many superheroes out in Houston, Texas, um, right. <laughs> let alone you, you know someone dressed up like Moon Knight. But yeah, uh, I mean, and look, overall, I think pacing wise, it was pretty good for the short format that they have, which is what 10, 11 pages. Mm -hmm. I think we got quite a good gist of things. I mean, we got that kind of really important discussion between Gina, and we got the introduction of Raptor, but. Um, uh, Inga, oh gosh, my gosh, what's his name again? So Ingersoll uh, also manages to fit in, you know, like the introductory uh, crime fighting scene at the beginning, which I think was mm. really cool. And interestingly enough, at a, at a ice skating rink. Um, <laughs> but no, it, it's fun. I think I think the pacing worked really well. Uh, even the fact where there's interaction between Moon Knight and the cops. Um, so there's mm. a lot in it, like uh, eleven pages. Yeah, it's a pretty meaty little story for only being eleven pages long. Yeah. 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 
the, um, the fight between Raptor and Moon Knight, I felt like that was a good length. That was a like great length. Yeah. Wrapped up well. It didn't drag out. It wasn't wrapped up too quickly. I felt like yeah. It wasn't like a, t a token fight, you know, a couple of hits there and that it's done. Like there was yeah. some consideration here from Ingersoll about how the fight went, uh, what Moon Knight does to defeat him. Uh, even the licks that the Raptor gets in on Moon Knight is pretty cool as well. So, mm. Um, mm. you know, he's got some fancy weaponry and so does Moon Knight. So um, that was fun to see. But, yeah, um, uh, um, are there any other notes here, Justin? No, that was really yeah, all the stuff that I that I remembered. Yeah, that I wanted to remember to mention the Harry Krishna thing because that made me laugh so much. <laughs> I had actually forgotten about that. <laughs> yeah, that's a classic. Yeah. That's a classic. Um, well, yeah, I mean, if that is the case, I mean, and, and again, sorry, uh, we did speak about it, but I just wanted to read at as well, just at Tranquility Park at the end, just oh, the yes. you know, the um affirmation again that uh, gina is supporting mark uh don't doubt yourself or the good that you do uh, and then mark just he flips a coin into the the light the, like the fountain or the water feature uh, maybe you've got a point gina here's a wish for all of us so uh, he takes on board i guess he takes on board gina's uh, advice uh, not co totally convinced but um yeah again I, I like the way that it kind of ends um yeah very, very good um, so yeah, uh, Justin, off the uh, discussion that we've had and and what you've read, what would you give this old business moonlight from there? <laughs> I would give old business a seven on the rating scale. I think mm -hmm. yeah, which is a solid round boy, solid round boy, <laughs> boy. <laughs> yeah, I lucky seven. I really like this. The introduction of the raptor was great. The conversation between. Gina and Mark was gold, and and I I really like the characterizations here, the references to the past stuff. Um, you can tell Robert Ingersoll did did his homework and read about you know a lot of the the prior stuff that had happened before the story, and yeah, yeah I I really I really respect that, of course, when a writer yeah. does this. No, absolutely, so. and um, I think of its time as well. I mean, I I, I give it a, a good solid round boy as well as seven out of ten. Um, and just looking at it from the point of view of when it was written and how it fit in context with when it was written, you know, because, mm -hmm. you know, if you compare it with, say, more modern writings or, you know, the, the score would differ, um, differentiate. But seven out of ten is, is I think, is a pretty solid tale for considering it's on the short format. Um, and we it's not just all that action. There's always a little something to it. And and I think the beauty of these small stories um, and listeners, uh, Justin and I, we will provide a, a Petrini, a Patreon exclusive bonus episode of some of the other stories. But um, I think we do get that with the other stories as well, Justin, where it's not merely just a fun free for all fight. There's always a little bit something behind, behind it. And um, I really appreciate it. And I think what, Ingersoll has done by using Jenna here is is quite successful and interesting because she's sometimes overlooked as one of the support cast. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. All of these stories in this special do have a certain weight to them. 
they have mm. a certain resonance to them. There's a certain depth to the stories, which is nice because they're all very short and it would be easy for yeah. them to just to be little fluff pieces, but they're not. There's actually some substance to to, to all of them, which is nice. Yeah. And um, they've aged really well. I, I think for being I'd a 30 year old comic book, I think this has aged yeah. very well. Yeah. Yeah. I'd definitely say, I mean, as well. And, and we do get, I'm loving, like, you know, uh, as, as, as much as we were kind of like picking at, Gustavich's art. I'm just, I just love this kind of old school kind of art mm, as well. Me too. So. I kind of miss that that style now. I, I wish I <laughs> there was a little bit more of that now. Honestly, yeah, that old absolutely. old school style. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, so listeners, if you do have or you don't have a copy, please uh, recommend. We recommend seven out of ten. Be worth picking up for the Moon Knight stories. But you get like what, six, seven other stories in this mm. eighty-page extravaganza. So uh, think about yeah for uh, picking one up for for not too not too uh, higher price. Uh, as I mentioned as well, spectacle. Uh, Justin and I we will be diving into the backup stories. So not Moon Knight related, but uh, as with our other conversations, Justin, I think it's a perfect opportunity to provide some bonus episodes for Patreon members. Uh, so we'll be looking at stuff like uh, Hercules, uh, Hellcat. Um, on here, there's also Black Panther, Magic, Brother Voodoo, and Speedball, um, all fantastic stories in their own right. Uh, and Justin and I will get right into that. Uh, Justin, a huge thank you for, for coming on to the show. Oh, yeah, thank you for having me back again. Yeah, it was re really fun. Yeah, is, is there anything that you want to give a, a shout-out to as well? I mean, this, admittedly, Justin, this episode is... Uh, can be released i'm not sure when so <laughs> uh, well yeah well my my debut project the the lost library of legends podcast is is still in production so it probably nice. won't be out yet by the time that this is done but it's it's getting there it's getting there but by the time this this episode is out i know that we will have more episodes of both Tomes of Evil, the comic book supervillain podcast, as well as Gamma Charge, the strongest <laughs> podcast there is, all about the Incredible Hulk and everything Hulk-related, including She-Hulk and all that good stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. What, uh, links will be in the show notes of all Justin's fantastic shows uh, alongside Russell. Uh, go check it out. And, yeah, whenever this episode drops, uh, look, the, the Lost Library of Legends may be up and about as well, um, in which case we will definitely be shouting that out as well. Can't wait. I can't wait for Hero Alliance as well, Justin. Mm, yeah, um, Robert Ingersoll's a great writer. Mm. I, I love his stuff, and I was, I was happy to, to, see, to talk about him tonight with you. It was fun. Yeah, the very, very solid story uh, from Ingersoll. Uh, Looney's next phase, just keep an eye out on social media. Again, uh, we are recording ahead of time, so uh, I haven't projected when this will drop and what would be coming out subsequently after this episode. So just keep an eye out on all our social media platforms uh, and um, most likely we'll drop a discussion thread or, or something to let everyone know. Uh, a huge thank you once again to our Patreon members again, Justin. Thank you so much for, for coming out. Now, thank you so much for contributing to actually give more content to other Patreon members, other Patroonies. Um, it's just, yeah, really do appreciate it, Justin. And I know we've been doing this for over the, the last year or so. 
Um, mm, it's super fun. Yeah, I love doing the bonus episodes. Yeah. yeah, they're really cool. But this is this all this is a regular episode. But yes, we will be coming back doing some bonus episodes too. So a big thank you and apologies if I do miss out your name by the time this comes out and if there are any other new Patreon members. Um, but as of this recording, a big thank you to Odin, Daniel, Drew, Frank, Justin, Derek, Wayne, Jordan, Josh, James, Anthony, Russell, Michael, Mario, Gavin, and Matthew. Thank you very much. And you can become a member if you check out patreon.com slash itkmoonnight. Also, our sponsors, CLZ Comics at collectors.com. Check it out for all your databasing needs for comic collecting. Uh, Dreamland Comics, use the code MOON. You'll get 20% off their online store. And a big thank you again to our principal Petruni sponsors, uh, Frank, the Think Tank Jukes. Check out his Instagram at Moon Knight Visions with a Z. Uh, Daniel Doings Fringe Night. Support his indie-created character at patreon.com slash fringenight27. And Drew Toombs, his fantastic music can be found on soundcloud.com slash tombs with a Z or lurkmusic with a ck.bandcamp.com. And finally, we're part of the collective, uh, like the great shows uh, of Gamma Charge and uh, Tomes of Evil. Uh, you can check out them. We have a, a link to all, a directory to all the, the great members of the collective. Uh, I'll give it another shout out to you, say, Inner Demons, a Ghost Rider podcast. Big Brian Biggie there. And finally, you can email us. Let us know your thoughts on uh, at feedback at itkmoonlight.com. We've got a website. Go check that out. Fantastic videos uh, from Chris Kelly a.k.a. CMK7, people, people, boop. Uh, also, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Discord, Get Vocal, and Pochaser. And incidentally, if you'd like to leave a review, that would be very much appreciated. Let us know how we can improve. Or, um, yeah, give us a five-star, and it will allow us to get out there a little bit more, let people find us a little bit more. Um, once again, Justin, a huge thank you. Thank you again. Yeah, it was super fun. Looking no forward worries. to talking again. Oh, yes. Um, very soon. <laughs> uh, and with, with that, loony listeners, may Conchie watch over the denizens of the night. Catch you later. Take care, everyone. Moon Knight and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners. The creators of Tomes of Evil are about to unleash something new. Hello, all you gamma beasts out there. It's time to step through the green door. Gamma Charge is the only dedicated Hulk podcast on the internet. 
bringing you the Green Goliath and his supporting characters, can't forget about Jen, in all forms of media, comics, film, TV, video games, and more, coming in March. And please, don't make us angry. You won't like us when we're angry.